0: welcome. You're listening to a Mr. Thrive Media production.
1: I am pumped to introduce you guys to my dear friend, Michelle. She is the very first Emmy award-winning voice actress that we've ever had on this podcast. One thing's for sure, you're going to hear a lot more of her throughout this show as she will now be doing the sponsorships I am so pumped for you guys to hear what she has to say. And it surprisingly becomes a very touching story about authenticity and tapping into your real self and using that to emulate your true identity. On top of that, I want you guys to be prepared to register for the next networking party. That is right. It is on May 25th at 6 p.m. Pacific Daytime. I am so excited to have you guys there. Be sure to register in the show notes or on the website, mrthrive.com slash events. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this show on the road. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
0: This podcast is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Mr. Thrive Media builds communities through its content marketing and networking events. During this pandemic, our dedicated team commits to the value of connection by producing podcast content while extending a helping hand towards artists and entertainment professionals. Mr. Thrive Media puts its values first by supporting small businesses and empowering emerging artists. For more information, visit www.mrthrive.com. That's mrthrive.com.
1: You have stumbled upon the Mr. Thrive Podcast, where together we discover established artist.
0: Voice actor, Michelle Falenga.
1: Michelle, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And you're not just a voice actor, though. You've actually written books, and you are also an actor. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, I was an actor before I was a voice actor, and writer just kind of comes out of, I have to write down my experiences and... Things that I, you know, come to my brain because I'm creative. Yeah. So I started out as an actor about 25 years ago and got into voice acting about 10 years in. And so and I've been full time mostly focusing on voice acting over the last eight years.
1: Remarkable. So from what I understand, it's the voice acting is the career. But quite frankly, you're just so creative and so talented that you have so many things to different you have so many different things to express that the writing and the other outlets are a means to an end to getting to that point as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love like obviously being creative. You just love, I like doing film. I love doing, you know, I love writing. I love writing poems and I like writing plays and shorts and, you know, different uh, sketch comedy and stuff like that. Um, I've written a lot of things, but I actually wrote and published a children's book. So that was pretty cool.
1: Remarkable. We're going to learn all about that in one second, but before we begin, we're going to do what we just started in season three, the Mr. Thrive trivia segment. So let's get into it. We have three questions about voice acting in
0: this oh, game. Oh, no.
1: No, no, no. You're going to do great. I promise I mean,
0: you. you. Know. it's like epic fail.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Here we go. Listen, listen, okay? You can do it. You can do it. I, I'm, I have complete faith in you, okay?
0: That's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Question one. Who was the famous voice in March of the Penguins? Was it A. Morgan Freeman, B. Nicole Kidman, or C. Larry King?
0: Was it Morgan Freeman?
1: Oh my god! Of course, it was Morgan Freeman.
0: <laughs> I've ever seen March of the Penguins. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm such a nerd. I don't know.
1: Oh my god! Okay, first of all,
0: God, I got that. His voice.
1: It's first of all, March of the Penguins, like an hour and a half of just adorableness. Uh, and second of all, it's Morgan Freeman. So I we had to throw in a Morgan Freeman question in there. It's a voice acting thing, you know. You get it.
0: Think Redemption? Does that count? <laughs>
1: Sure, sure. There there's there's got to be a penguin in Shawshank Redemption somewhere. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. What voice actor is nicknamed Thunderthroat? Is it A, James Earl Jones, B, Forrest Whitaker, or C, Donald Leroy Lafontaine?
0: Thunderthroat. It's got to be Lafontaine.
1: Correct. Correct. The famous the famous trailer voice in all the movies he passed recently
0: in a world in a
1: world yeah we just
0: said it <laughs> that one i know but like i yeah i didn't know that was his nickname see
1: yep he he went by thunderthroat which i don't think is a nickname i would like to go by but that's the one he ch- that's the one he went by so there we go that's
0: awesome
1: all right and for the final question by the way you're doing fantastic for someone who said that they were going to do terribly okay Perfect. <laughs> what mistake do 80% of adult males make when speaking? Is it A, they speak too loud, B, speak too fast, C, dip their tone at the end of their sentences, or D, slurring words?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm gonna say they speak too loud.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. That was incorrect. It's like actually that dipping- second
0: choice? <laughs>
1: Okay, okay you you want to you want to go a second try?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say fast. Too fast. Nope.
1: Still incorrect. We sorry, sorry. always. I'm kidding. Ah, no, no, no. I can't let you do that. I can't. But but I respect the effort. It was C dipping their tone at the end of their sentences, which I even catch myself doing it as we speak.
0: Do an example of that, so I know what that even sounds like. Can you?
1: Well, I could do an example, but I I don't know what you'll think.
0: Is
1: that what you just no. did? That was yeah. I, I was being a little meta there, but yeah. That that's that's dipping your tone. So I, have to notice I, that I didn't
0: notice.
1: I didn't notice. I I didn't know about this flaw that we have. But but yeah, men men will speak and then we'll get very quiet right before the period at the end of the sentence. It's kind oh, of a I'm weird thing.
0: What? <laughs> You're like it's so kind of like, it's kind of like eat if- chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's kind of like if you could picture all the words being very big and getting smaller and smaller and smaller and
0: okay. smaller and smaller, I, smaller. It just, I will notice that. I, I would have thought it would be like they're just overboard, like too loud and in your face, like, you know, fa- fast and loud, but clearly not at the end of the sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, I actually didn't even know it. But one thing I did notice, you know, one thing I actually do pay attention to is the wavelength, which is. For those who don't know what a wavelength is, it's just the visual unit or the visual representation that is shown for how audio looks, basically how audio is animated from strictly, you know, non-tangible to this tangible thing we can see. I can can see what it looks like anytime I say, what will you be famous for? Which even just now when I say that, you can hear that when I said the word for, my tone dipped. This is something I need to work on.
0: I wonder what women... You know if they did the same survey what they would say women do more you know what i mean like that's enough.
1: right 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 i i need to see i need to do more research that you know there's so much to vocal speech is, is it is that even a phrase uh,
0: i don't think that's the word <laughs> but we could make it a word
1: it's <laughs> tonight, tonight it's to okay awesome.
0: i have a friend Speech-o- who um was just on i posted about it he was he just got on the Ellen show it was pretty amazing he was interviewed wow. because his dad passed away in last April from covid and his dad had been had said this word for years and they thought it was a real word and turns out they found out one day they they used it in a sentence and someone's like what what and they were like orbisculate and they were like what and they're like you know when the orange when you're getting a grapefruit and it squirts in your eye it's like it orbisculated and they're like what? And they're and they're like that's not a word. And they're like yes, it is. We've used it my whole life. So they looked it up in the dictionary. She was like, her whole life she used it with her dad. And and long story short, they ended up there to have this whole petition. They were interviewed by Ellen. Ellen made a huge like banner on her building, and she had all these celebrities use it in a sentence. They're trying to get it in the dex dic- in the dictionary.
1: If they can get YOLO in the dictionary, they can get anything in the dictionary at this point.
0: So I'm just gonna say orbisculate. <laughs> So that (laughs) It's going to happen. It's totally in in honor of his dad. And they actually, yeah, they're donating, like they're making t-shirts and everything. They're donating it all to this charity that helps people when they've lost someone helps them, you know, do all the things that you have to do that are hard to do when you're mourning and stuff. Just, it's just a cool story.
1: Wow. That's lovely. And I think just based on that effort of that, that charity that you just described, that is deserving in itself to get in the dictionary far more than anything yolo could accomplish so
0: yolo is not that is important <laughs> it's
1: no it's really not it's really not yeah regardless though you handled that trivia like a champ i want to commend you for that yeah,
0: i kind of did i kind of did
1: <laughs> yeah yeah kind of a badass kind
0: of a- as you wear
1: the wonder woman shirt right there yeah,
0: i know my brother was like what are you wearing is that like a band i was like Ronnie, this is Wonder Woman. (laughs) What are you talking (laughs) about? He thought it was, maybe it looks like Van Halen a little. I don't know.
1: Oh, it could a little bit. I could actually see where he'd get that from. But no, that's very clearly to my nerdy self, Wonder Woman shirt. Listeners
0: can't see that, though. They
1: can't. No, they cannot. They can only imagine the amazing swagger that you have. And you just showed off your Emmy right there. I don't
0: know, because they can't see that Emmy.
1: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Picture doesn't count, right? No, but... I mean, listen, if, if you guys go to my Instagram right now at Mr. Thrive Media, uh, you guys will see on her episode announcement that she is holding an Emmy. So, boom. I mean, you tell me if it's fake or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bucket list thing. I literally nerd put, I'm a nerd. I put my head on an Oscar. I'm sorry, Oscar. I'm in the wrong award uh emmy not yet emmy not yet emmy winner from years ago so she was wearing this like long red dress and it's my head like really badly photoshopped on top of her and i had it up on a vision board for years and um yeah and it finally happened so yay
1: that's incredible now speaking of the oscars though one thing that always frustrated me was the fact that they don't have an oscar for voice
0: acting Mm, i don't do they not
1: they don't and, and you know the categories are kind of our are arbitrary except for, like, the top three, which is, like, top film, top director, uh, top actor, top actress, things like that. But the rest are very arbitrary categories that uh, come and go throughout the years. And I remember... I'll never forget uh, the movie Her, which had Joaquin Phoenix in it.
0: I know that film very well, and I'll tell you why after. Go ahead, finish.
1: Okay. I, I actually... You know, Scarlett Johansson has always been a very beautiful person, but that movie made me fall in love with her from her voice alone like that's how powerful her voice acting was that i was very much uh draw drawn to her in that movie and she was she has no face in that film she's not there in the film,
0: right so segue from that exact thing that you just said i literally get hired i've done a bunch of ai that they wanted someone that sounded like scarlett johansson in her And I can send you some of my AI versions and they're like, hi, I'm Hexy. And it's like this warm with a little gravel and like that just kind of like, you know, they wanted somebody that sounded like a little bit modulated, but a little bit like real and have a little gravel and warmth and, you know, just like something where you're like, I like her, you know, like.
1: Wait, 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 wait. back up, back up one second. I'm mind blown. My mind is blown right now. So wait, you were in the movie Her as well? No,
0: I wasn't in the movie Her, sorry. Don't mean to blow your mind incorrectly. No, I wasn't. I'm saying I get... A lot of people looking for voice actors to do AI or to do a lot of different projects, they put in that as a spec. They want someone that has the sound of Scarlett. And I always audition for those, and I often get those because there's something, there's a gravel and a warmth and a like a realness in my voice, and I can do AI stuff. So I've done a lot of AI where that was the spec. They wanted Scarlett Johansson in her sound.
1: Got it, got it, got it. Okay, I misunderstood. I misunderstood. Maybe I'm not the only one. <laughs> I don't know if the audience is on the same level of, of awe that I was in just now, but I was like, wait, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> totally
0: let you down. Oh, well. But,
1: but you did mention something that I remember you telling me earlier before the interview, and that is is that uh, kind of certain gravel to your voice, an imperfection of the voice that's very warm and welcoming. That's something that you teach from what I remember you telling me. You, you teach perfect speakers to be imperfect. What, what, do you, what does that mean? Why is that the case? How did that even come to be?
0: Because a lot of people who want, you know, voice actors nowadays, they don't want, I guess years ago, it was like they wanted this polished, like professional sounding voiceover. And now that's very rare that a, a producer wants that. They usually want you to sound much more like real, more um, relatable, relatable imperfect like they that's like the spec on I would say 98% of the jobs I I look at to to audition for they're like we don't want a typical voice actor we want you know we want someone that just sounds like a real person they want you to sound real so a lot of the voice actor colleagues I have they just kind of you can tell they're like talking and then they go to read their script and then they suddenly become you know this different voice and it's like they it's like they're putting on this voice and the I don't have a good voice, but I have the ability to connect to a script and therefore sound real and imperfect. And that is why I book some, you know, book a decent amount, but like a lot of actors have reached out to me and said, how can I, you know, when I've coached them, I'm like, I want you to like rough up your voice, like stop trying to sound perfect and just forget that. And just look at what you're reading and try to like connect to what you're reading and like really believe it and be in it and, and, you know, and forget that you're listening, you forget that you're doing a voiceover and just talk, you know, like you talk like we're talking. Right. And also I think a, a good tip is um, I've never worn headphones when I record unless I'm at, a studio, really? unless I'm at a studio and I have to listen to them, you know, uh, giving me direction, but on my own, which is where I do most of my stuff, I don't listen to myself. Cause once you hear yourself in in the headphones, you can get in your own. It's like, you're, you're too focused on how you sound versus what you're reading. If that makes sense,
1: that actually does make a lot of sense. And my only, the closest experience I ever had to voice acting, I had an internship way back in the day working at a trailer editing company called Aspect Ratio, now just called Aspect. And at that company, they had me actually sample a few different voices, and they wanted me to kind of imitate that that Thunderthroat voice, the, the LaFontaine voice actor, to kind of just narrate what he should say when he reads the script for, the, at the time the trailer was Megamind, which I think was like a Steve Carell animated film, if I remember correctly. Um, but I was reading this this script and I remember like, once the headphones are on me and I heard my voice in real time, I focused so much more on how I sounded. And I, mean, I think I did fine. I'll, I'll tell you what though, I think this would be interesting. Let's pretend I'm the student in this situation. you're the teacher. Do you want to run me through how you teach?
0: Oh, God, it's not even like I do it that often. Like a lot of people reach out to me to teach them, and i it's not my favorite thing to do um because I don't know why i i yeah, I don't know why, but uh, I know, I'm trying to think if I have any like even text to tell you to read. I just would i would you know what I would do? yeah, i would I don't know if you have anything you can read there or you could just pull something out of a magazine. but um, but if you're reading something to me, a lot of times it's everybody learns differently and i think a lot of people just they go into it and a, there's a few tricks like that you can go do use a lead-in you can you can um talk to me about your day and tell me how you're more what you had for breakfast and then literally go tell me what you had for breakfast and then go right into the script or you go to the bottom of the script and you do the big you know the ending and then you come up to the top um kind of breaks it up it just, it just Okay, kind of like just like messes it up a little break breaks the the cycle of like this is how we all do it another thing i do sometimes when i audition is a lot of people think about it they're getting like a hundred auditions of this script right So sometimes i won't start at the beginning i'll start like midway through or something so if you're if you're hearing a hundred people say the same oh, oh my god you know it'll perk up their ear a little because they'll be like oh wait she didn't even start at the beginning like who is this weirdo <laughs> all right
1: Right. 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 Or
0: I'll do a lead in like I did a lead in today. It said something like um, happiness is here or something. So it started off with like happiness is here. So most people would be like happiness is here or happiness is here or happiness is here. And I I started off and I was like, what? I I said something like, oh, hi. I don't know if you knew this, but happiness is here. (laughs) And then I went into the script, but they're either going to be like, okay, you should not have done that. Or they're going to be like, oh, she either a had the confidence to take it, you know, make it her own. You know, I'm sure that there's some people that would throw that out and be like, she didn't follow the rules and blah, blah, blah. But most people, as long as you sound connected to the script and real, they're going to be like, at least if nothing else, they're going to, it's going to perk their ears up and make you kind of stand out a little.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So here here's what I found. I found a, an article on voice acting. So I ha- I have a paragraph here. It looks like it's about two to three sentences. Okay. I'll read it to you, and then and then you're gonna coach me, okay? Oh, God. You're gonna do great. Come on, if you could kill trivia, you could you could kill this too. This is gonna be great, okay? So here here here's gonna be here's my here's my best attempt at voice acting this paragraph, okay? Okay. Your slate is the first thing we hear. So if your slate voice is very different from what we're looking for, I have to immediately overcome my first impression of you and then ele- <laughs> evaluate how you read the script in character. Harsh <laughs> harsh truth, I don't care about the real you. I just want to know if you are what I want need for the commercial.
0: Okay. So what's the so you obviously you you know, you're not a voice actor. You sound like you're reading it, right? Which is <laughs> and nobody wants you to sound like. Which again, great, great first read. <laughs> I'll say, but like,
1: you tell it to everyone, don't you?
0: <laughs> now let's forget what you just did. Yeah, no, it's like the. Um, like, but what was the first line again? It said something.
1: Yeah, your slate is the first thing we hear. So if your slate voice is the very different from what we're looking for, I have to immediately overcome my first impression of you and then so evaluate how you read. If I was trying kind to of sound real, it would be like,
0: I'd be like, I mean. Your slate is the first thing that we hear, you know, like, like as if I'm actually talking to you, like I'd almost okay. go in with a lead in like lit- now try to talk, try to read it to me. Not like you're reading it, but like you're you're like, hey, Michelle, did you know that your okay. slate is the first thing, you know, and like talk to me, like literally like take it down and not you sounded like you were trying to put on a voiceover. So I want you to take I want you to make it super casual. Like you're just like, hey, okay, did you know, casual, you know, like super cash.
1: Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And before we do that, I want to emphasize the fact that because of this pandemic, Mr. Thrive Media realized that we need to do a better job at supporting small business wherever we can. So enjoy.
0: Finally, a better way to hold your phone. Introducing Steady Straps, made here in the USA. Steady Straps are high-quality, flexible straps that adjust to hold virtually any phone comfortably and securely. Steady Straps are washable and come in a wide range of colors and styles. See them all at steadystraps.com. Because they're so visible, they're the perfect promotional item to advertise your company message or logo. Learn more at steadystraps.com. Hey, Thrivers, That's steadystraps.com. You hear a
1: difference in quality. That's because this podcast quality is made possible by Squadcast. Virtual recordings have become easier than ever with Squadcast's studio-quality SaaS remote recording platform. This cloud-based technology secures your files and minimizes post-production for all podcast producers. And I should know because I am one. Heighten the experience of your podcast by clicking the link in the show notes below. Your slate is the first thing we hear. So if your slate voice is very different from what we're looking for, I have to immediately overcome my first impression of you and then evaluate how you read the script in character. Harsh truth, I don't care about the real you. I just want to know if you're what I want slash need for the commercial.
0: That was like 100% better. See, you're you're totally trainable.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking like, okay, like, like, train, like, like, chill. Okay, like, yeah
0: you're talking to a friend or a neighbor or like you know literally again think of it like talking with someone instead of talking to someone does that make sense
1: yeah 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 and and so is that now where the industry is veering towards where we just do not want to be spoken to we want to be spoken with now
0: yeah I I mean I and I pray that doesn't not change not I mean I guess I could become (laughs) more whatever if I had to but and it's not veering toward. It's been like that for quite a while now. Um, I would say, and again, I I really do hope that stays that way. I mean, literally, like I said, almost every spec you read is like, do not, we do not want a polished voice. we do not, you know, we want. And they'll say, I want imperfect. I want real. And and the other thing that's coming up lately is they want um, you to not sound. This is an this is a newer newer one. They don't want you to sound like a male or a female. They want you to be like gender don't know. <laughs> and I don't think I can do that. <laughs> that, that
1: That's really difficult. A gender neutral voice that can be yes. either or basically.
0: Yes. Basically. And they also like when you don't sound quite, again, this is a newer trend, the not non-gender and also um, non, um, <clears throat> non, what's the word? Not non-American. That's not a word. Like basically like, um, like you don't, like you don't know where you're from, but you don't, you're not completely American. Like, it's like, you're not Italian. You're not like, there's a little difference in your voice. I have um, a lot of clients in other countries and in Amsterdam, I am, I'm with this company that um, books me out a lot. And they said, we like your voice, Michelle, because you have an American voice, but there's a little edge to it. There's a little gravel and there's like a little edge to it that makes it sound a little like, not like your standard American voice. I don't know if that's true. That's what they told me. Um, And yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just—I think you saw it on my LinkedIn. I just did a a job for that Neom place that's in Dubai. That was like a worldwide thing. And they wanted somebody that kind of sounded like I could be from anywhere. I mean, I think I sound really American, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know how true this. I'd like to have a little bit more of a like accent to me, but I don't think I have that, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's weird for me to think about. I can understand... I, I, I can tell you right now, I would fail the gender test because it's very clear that from the way I'm speaking that I'm a man um or at least a male. And I have, you know, those hormones that make my voice deep. And that's just how I sound. Uh, a gender neutral voice. I, I Maybe I've noticed a few in my life where I'm not sure if I'm listening to a man or a woman. I will say with um Nina Simone, like when I was listening to her music growing up, I was confused uh, the first time listening to Nina, not knowing whether or not she was a man or a woman. Of course, Nina Simone is a woman, but
0: uh, I think singing's the, different. Though there's there's times I'll hear a man sing and I think it's a woman, and vice versa. But your speaking voice, yeah, I don't know a lot of people that I'd be like, don't know what that is. You know what I mean? That yeah, I don't know right, about right, that. Right. But um, I do also. Um, they don't want a, a lot of them. Not everybody, but a lot of them don't want a regional accent, which. I'm from Boston, so people assume I know how to do a Boston accent. It's actually, I do a lot of accents, characters from doing the acting, um, and Boston is the one that's really hard for me to stay in. Like, I can stay in Jersey for days, but I cannot do <laughs> Boston. Like, I've lived in Boston my whole life, and I have zero Boston accent. Yeah, I have to go into, like, the Mackie Mack thing We're like, say hello to your mother for me. Hey, say hello to your mother for me. Yeah, we're going to Duncan's, you know. <laughs> it's like that thing, you know, I, I, I can't even, it doesn't even stay. I can't do it. <laughs> It's really bad. It's a horrible accent. But then I see these people in movies doing the bast, you know, the the bastin. It's Bastin versus Boston. Like Boston would be like Jersey, and Bastin would be the ba. It's the ba. I I can't I can't stay in there for like I like try. It doesn't stay. I just can't do it. It's really the good.
1: only thing I can do. Bostonian is I pack the car and have a yard, and after that, I, I didn't even do that well. By the way, like that was terrible on my part. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, accents are difficult for me. I, when I was growing up, I thought I could do voice acting, and I think for a while I was like attempting a Russian accent. I'm Russian, you know. Like I, I you know, I'd like roll the R's. And... The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I paid fifty rubles for this vodka. But I think I'm just really bringing my voice down. I don't think I'm, there's anything genuine about the accent. I don't know. Video. Oh, yeah, go on. I mean, oh,
0: I've yeah. done some character stuff, but it's for, like, murder mysteries and improv shows. And uh, I, I've had people ask me to do, like, legit, like, a Russian accent or a French. I'm French. You wouldn't know it. My name isn't French, but my maiden name is French. And my parents are both born there. And I'm fully French. I had a meme and a pepe, but I don't – I cannot do French, like, at all. Yeah. Um, so I and I feel like if I tried to do a legit accent, they'd be it would sound character. And I don't. Yeah, I don't want to do that.
1: I understand. Yeah, no, that's funny. That's really funny.
0: But huh. I don't I don't have any no. regional accents. Like sometimes you'll have like a southern accent, you know, if you're from the south or, you know, again, they would assume I have a Boston accent. But I don't. I have no regional accent, <laughs> which is right. Weird. I don't right. know why.
1: I guess I just don't understand what is. Uh, an accent that doesn't sound American, but isn't also foreign. I don't, I don't, I don't
0: don't know. It's just a little something, a little something, something you got a little special, like maybe a little weirdness to your voice. That's a little unique. They're looking, you know what it is? They're looking for unique,
1: unique, right? Right.
0: Cause if you listen to voiceovers, I mean, so many women voiceovers, they all kind of, a lot of them sound start to sound the same in all of us. We all kind of, it's just kind of like you just click and you listen to demos and it's like, a lot of the same and so they're looking for something that kind of goes oh like you know oh she sounds a little different so i think a unique tone is like definitely more in in vogue right now for sure like a little bit like where you're just you know you know what else is in vogue right now which i'm, I'm not really able to do is like like people who can do people cool people who can do like beat poetry like you know mm, like, mm, I, like I, kind of, like, huh?
1: like slam poetry?
0: Yes. poetry and i love i write poetry i'd love to do some slam poetry and i know how to do the cadence of it because you kind of like group words together in weird ways like you wouldn't normally be right. like like i have a quote here you'd be like Wis- wisdom of wisdom is avoiding all thoughts that weaken you that's wayne dyer so you'd be like wisdom is avoiding all thoughts that weaken." You. right you know it's right. like that kind of weird do, 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 do. <laughs> i sound like a dork trying to do it i did I did an example of one. I did a Jeep commercial in um, Italy, and there was a little bit of a poet, poetic piece kind of to it, so it had that feel a little bit, so I kind of made a sampler of of that, but I certainly am not highly skilled in that area, for sure. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my wheelhouse, but I love it.
1: You have a ton of talents, and the specific commercial that you won an Emmy for, tell us about that.
0: So there, there was two but only one that I actually got the physical Emmy for. Um, The year before there was another spot called, oh my gosh, what was that one called? Wow, oh, Caveman. Um, And that one won an Emmy, but I was not named on the, it's very unusual for a voice actor to be included in the creative team on the Emmy submission. Um, So although I'm sure there's a lot of things that have won Emmys, They don't always—it's weird. They don't always include the voice actor, and they include the producer and the writer and the music guy, but they don't always include the voice actor, which is to me bizarre because that's like part of the creative team, right? Um, And then this past year, one of the producers I work with, he—he was like, "Michelle, your voice is one of the reasons we're nominated. Like, there were two that I did, or I should say, two categories for this this one. It's called the Legend that um, that were up for for Emmys and. We watched them on Zoom, on a Zoom call, like dressed like black tie from the waist down and I'm waist up and then, you know, pajamas the waist down and we, you know, we watched it and the first one didn't win. And I was like, and I knew because he included my name that this would be the, my bucket list. I would actually physically get the Emmy, which was like a big deal to me. So when the first one lost, I was like, this is so crazy. Like it's, I'm so close and it's not going to happen. And then... And then the second one, they named it and they, she said my name, she said his name and the producer and everybody's name. And then they said my name and they played a little clip from it in this, in the whatever, wherever they were. And oh, so I saw that over the thing. And so it was pretty cool. We were like celebrating. And and then I got it in the mail and I did like an unwrapping of it. And um, that one got like a lot of views on LinkedIn uh, for me. You know, I don't get major footage on there, but um, anyway, so, And I looked horrible. Like I was like in my pajamas and I was like, hadn't showered, but I was like, you can't redo like the opening. I'm not going to like pretend and make like a fake reopening of it where I look look semi-decent. I just said, you know what? I don't like how I look in this, but... It's not what it's about. It's about the energy of opening up the Emmy. So we, yeah. So I did a recording of that.
1: That's right. Well, still, so congratulations. You're a two-time Emmy award winner. You have one of the Emmys. I, can you request to have the physical Emmy? Is there like something where you can go like, hey, where's my second Emmy?
0: The, he, the producer, he was like, it was after the fact. He's like, it's really hard to do that. I don't think we're going to be able to do that. And stuff. I did do that with a telly. I got a telly award. um And they, he told me like, two years later, he's like, Hey, by the way, that one won a telly award. And I was like, no, 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 can you like, how do I do this? And that one, I actually, had, I actually had to contact the telly people and I had to pay for it. And, and it was, what? it was not cheap. I didn't pay for the Emmy, but the, uh the telly was like $300. It was ridiculous. I was like, and I, so I'm like, whatever, I'm not, I just wanted the one. I'm good. I don't I'm sure that other commercials might have won tellies. I'm not going to be spending <laughs> thousands of dollars. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy with the one, you know? So
1: that's so weird. I, 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 the only other scenario I've ever heard of that once upon a time, I would, I would follow. There's a, there's an EDM DJ named Dylan Francis, and he had a very famous Snapchat that you could subscribe to and see. And Dylan Francis won uh, a Grammy except his uh his gold platinum record record when it came in the mail um it they misspelled his name, Aww. and he made this whole entire hysterical rant about like who do you even go to when you make this kind of mistake like what what do I do? What the hell is this? and he he was going all over this, but what's your what's your list of accolades and awards?
0: I mean. I don't have like a list of accolades and awards. I just like I like I've, I have two Emmy credits, one physical Emmy and one one telly. But it's like I wouldn't even know. Like I said, I feel like there must be a million other. This I've done so many commercial things that were probably could have been a you know telly award i just there's no way to know that you can't even track that sort of thing and then i have like this really silly thing this is like my first statue it looks more like a bowl you can't nobody can see this but it looks like a bowl right like when you're like 13 and you get a bowling statue
1: (laughs) right yeah that's cute
0: but it was my but it was like from a local new england uh thing called the nebo awards And it was cool to me because I got to, it was like a party. I got to dress up and I got called on stage and I actually, it was the only one I got to actually do like the speech for, you know? So it was, it was like, I'm such a dork. It was like, so (laughs) I was like, I just want to say, and I think I, I don't even know. I blacked out when I was up there, but I was like, I was so excited. It was so like joyous. I remember saying like, I think I said something to the effect of like there, this is a tough career and there's a lot of days when you question is this the right road and i said you know this isn't one of those days or something like that you know like i don't know people were like (laughs) oh and i was like that's really cute yeah because it was just anyway i was just i was i was so excited that night for this little 13 year old looking bowling statue
1: (laughs) that's amazing i love it that's fantastic
0: the other thing somebody had asked me and another thing i was doing And they were like, what was your, you know, what big clients have you worked for? What was your favorite blah, 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 you know? And, and I, you know, I've worked for a lot of big name clients, but my favorite to this date project is this like drum show that was like in this stadium. It paid like very little. And it was just like, it was like, it filled the stadium. And it was like this monologue about the last moments of your life. It was from that monologue from American beauty. You ever see American? Mer- right. Mer-
1: Mer- Mer- yes. A long time ago.
0: He talks about the last moments of your life flashing before you and all you can feel is gratitude. And it was this live in a stadium world drum show and all these, you know, these amazing drummers and had choreographed this beautiful piece. And then my narration and their music and their choreography and it filled the stadium like a football stadium. And it was a world competition. And it's very for people who know drum corps, it's actually pretty well known. It's called uh, that one, that one moment or something like that, and it's uh, from the Blue Knights. And it, and it was just like seeing that and hearing your voice fill a stadium and them panning out to the audience, and people were like crying, and it was wow. like, you know, the goosebumps, right? And that's what I live for, and that's the the feedback I get most from people who I do voiceover for. They're like, "We got chills" or "We got goosebumps," and I'm like, "That's that's what I live for—to make people." feel something right to make people to make people feel right and so like that's what it says on my linkedin is like and i specialize in goosebumps
1: <laughs> that's right i did but, notice that uh, didn't but notice
0: i'm like that. and then i i somebody was asking me they're like what does that mean does that mean you narrated the goosebumps books <laughs> and i was like nope maybe i need to change that <laughs> i was like nope it means like when you get the goosies and i'm like should i change it to goosies i don't know if it trans right. i don't know and i specialize in goosies would that make more sense
1: i don't right. know well i i certainly can see how people can receive such a visceral experience from what you were describing from your talent of using your voice in not just a professional way but a relatable human way which is it sounds like what you specialize in the human sound it's not even just about like like we keep on like referencing la fontaine but the thunder throat voice right yeah. um which I, I i i've gotten i've gotten some Comments on the way I do my intro, where I start the podcast and I go, "You have stumbled upon," you know, like I, it, I, I, I thunder-throat it, right? But terrible nickname, um, terrible nickname. But um, <laughs> no offense to to Donald yeah. Leroy Lafontaine, but I will say that I can I can totally see how people can be moved by by your voice, and I, I'm I'm excited to see the work that you continue to do in all this, but you're not just a voice actor. You're also an actor. Are you doing anything currently in production as we speak? We
0: speak. No, they, um, I actually got reached out to by, uh, my acting agent in Boston area. And, um, recently a client had wanted me cause I had done something prior and this, so they knew my work. Um, and I don't know, you know, it, it was something where, you know, you were going to be on set, you had to like quarantine for two weeks before, then you had to get tested. And you do, you literally do all this stuff. And you're there for like a whole day. And it's, it's just not worth it. Like, and it's also like too like, right now, I'm just not comfortable, you know, and, um, you yeah. know, and I mean, I do miss doing the weekend, I used to do murder mysteries every weekend, where we like, you know, 100 people would come in and I'd hug each one and I'd be a character. Like the last show I did was like, I was like a mob wife um, named Carol. And I would like hug everyone. They come in, I'd be like, you know, I had the long hair and the nails and the like leopard outfit. And I would be like, oh my God, look at you. You're too skinny. Get some food. <laughs> Somebody feed this girl. Look at you. Are you? are you kidding me? And then I would like talk to them and I would, you know, I'd hug them and they'd tell them, you know, I'd show them pretend pictures of my daughters who were growing like weeds and like, 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 none of this is real. right? So and cute. they would totally come on board and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, Ditalina looks amazing. She's so, you know, they literally like would play with you and you were just like, it was so much fun. And, um, actually the guy who's trying to get orbisculate in the was played my husband's for five years we he played my husband harry and i'd be like harry you're always out with the guys why don't you come home and see what your daughters look like they don't remember you you know and we would literally like, have, <laughs> like back and forth. we had like the most fun like improvising and when you work with the same group for five years you you know you have like a like a little flow and everything super we had such great chemistry even though he was like way way younger than me i don't know how we, <laughs> we pulled off that we were married but he was like 29 and I'm like 50. <laughs> it's like, whatever, it's fine. I got a blonde wig on. now. Yeah, no,
1: that's, that's really cute. Is that your most memorable experience as an actor or is there one that you look fondly upon as an experience that helped you grow as a person?
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, all of the improv shows, like just, you know what? I would get to work. I say get because I would like, I feel blessed that I was able to be in these shows where I could just play and dance and make people laugh. And literally a lot of people over the years have come up to me or found me online afterwards and wrote me beautiful notes. Like one woman I can remember on the boat show, she was out with like three of her girlfriends and she tracked me down afterwards and wrote me on Facebook. We're friends to this day. And this was like many years ago. And she said, She's like, Michelle, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I think one of her friends had just gotten through cancer. Another one had lost a baby, like, and then one of them had just lost their dad. Like they had some, I don't remember the exact situations, but they would major life events. And they had, they went out for a night on the town with the girls to just release, right. And to just laugh and play and dance. And she, she had me in tears. She was like, I just wanted to let you know that you gave a night of fun to three and just laughter and such healing to three women who really needed that, that night. And we just wanted to tell you how much we appreciated that. And they, I guess they had even looked at my bio and they were like, we read your bio and saw how much you've been through. And we realized, wow, like I want to reach out to her. Cause like, she'll get it, you know? And so to me like that note, well, I, I saved it. You know, it's like this, the fact that I was, Honored enough to be able to bring some kind of relief and joy to these beautiful women who needed that that night is like I mean I get like teared up you know it's like no, such I, a gift.
1: No, I can imagine yeah. yeah now now question for you you brought up something that you know you related to them because of all the things that you've been through what have you been through if you don't mind me asking and if it, you're not if you're not comfortable. Don't, don't worry about it.
0: It's like, I'm no, I'm pretty much an open book anyway. Like, I mean, a lot of it's on my bio and a lot of it's just people know, you know, I'm just in general. I mean, I've been, I feel like I've just been one of those people who's kind of, you know how there's people that, I mean, I know everybody, you don't know what everybody's situation is, but I'm. You know, there's certain people that kind of seem to get a lot more than others, and you just don't know why. And and I'm not someone who seeks out drama or whatever. I try to have a most safe environment and keep my life pretty simple. But I've had some crazy stuff. I had like a few years in a row that were just like, I remember a friend of mine was killed in a car accident. I had to ID her at the morgue. And then the next year, my house burned down. We lost everything in the middle of the night in a fire. And then the next year, my, I had at 30, at age 30, my, um, I went into my eye doctor cause I was having, which I didn't, I didn't even wear glasses at the time, but I was having like weird flashes and he had to bring me in immediately for an emergency retinal detachment surgery. I had a detached retina for no reason at 30 weird, such a weird thing. And then the next year I had I witnessed um right in front of me, a car, an eighteen wheeler, I should say, hit a woman and and like pull the upper part of her body. And then so I just saw legs in the road, like just like her lower body in the road, like like stuff you see like in Nam, right? Like this is like fires and where women like half of a body, and like witnessed that. And then a few days later, my other eye did not detach. My other eye tore. And I've had uh, eight surgeries for tears in my retinas over the years. Um, my vision, Since 2013, I've had a strobe in my vision that like never stops. It's just constantly going all the time, every day, all day, you know, so it's hard to focus and work and just be present in life. And then I've had like three traumatic falls where I broke a bunch of things. And ironically, I think you might've seen, I posted some things. I, one of them was performing in the middle of a performance. I fell off the stage in front of 300 people at Boston University and was rushed to the ER. I finished, I should say they picked me up and I finished the song and then they rushed me to the ER and I had broken my ankle and my, I think my knee and my wrist, like I had broken a bunch of stuff. And then a couple of this, actually this past year, I fell, I fell two more times in between that, but then I fell this past year, two minutes before going upstairs to a voiceover and uh, they ended up putting ice on me I was bleeding I broke my ankle and my I messed my wrist and my knee up again I'm just like a disaster and they I did the voiceover on the they were on like a patch in line they didn't know and we did the voiceover and it uh they never knew and then I went right from there to the ER you know it's just like and so so I guess the things that I've been through and those are just a few of them um I feel like I can I can like when when I have to do a script and I get sent a lot of scripts that are like people pushing through and that relatability thing. And just like, you know, the person running and she's like, you know, she's struggling with something like the vulnerable stuff. Right. I do that really well. And people always are like, how do you connect to that? And I'm like, dude, it's like right there. <laughs> I don't need to like act. I, I I can access feeling like that feeling without without having to work very hard. It's very. So I'm very, I guess that's good and bad. Like it's very, I'm I'm very, uh, it's very raw for me, if that makes sense. Cause I do push through every day, a lot of pain, a lot of things with my vision, a lot of fear. I push through all those things every single day just to get up, you know, whereas I know people, they get up and they just oh get up in my morning. And I'm like, for me, it's like putting, going through mud to get up every single day, you know, and still be present, be a good wife, be there for my husband, be there for my friends, be, you know work self-employed get you know jobs and clients and you know and 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 be you know a productive person in society and a and a good person and somebody who helps others and who is kind and and good and you know makes tries to turn it for good you know that sort of thing
1: wow remarkable i'm thinking right now about the dots that like i'm right now there are a lot of dots connecting my head because you just described some very real very real vulnerable experiences that not everyone witnesses in their life or goes through in their life. Not everyone in their life has experienced their house burning down or falling off stage in front of all those people and hurting themselves so dramatically. Um, or the different surgeries you've had, the the retinal detachment the experiences that you've had, not to mention uh, the woman that you saw get pretty much cut in half, you know, just horrible to even think about as I'm saying it out loud that is jaw dropping to me and i think what you do is you tell your story with your voice without us even knowing what is really going on the the gravel in your voice is representative of those experiences that have made you stronger from the things the you roads. the broken roads yeah it's the rock- Man, and maybe that's me reading into it, but I, I got to say that there there's a lot of truth to that. And you're, I, I have so much respect for what you do now because I see the depth behind uh, the voice alone, and that's uh, pretty incredible. I have to say. So thank you for sharing and being vulnerable on the show. And wow, that's just intense. It really is. I've it
0: really been, is. Like it's been on my heart. Uh, a lot of things I've been thinking about doing my own podcast and doing different things. I have all these ideas. I also lost a 100- hundred. 20 pounds i think i told you that in one of our things and i was featured in like health magazine i used to weigh 278 pounds or whatever i lost 100 oh my god
1: congratulations
0: but anyway so i had a whole idea for a podcast with that but but i recently i've been like i've always been intrigued by resilience obviously because of my own resilience and knowing people who are really resilient and go through these unthinkable things like even way worse than me and like how, what, what do they, how do they do it? What do they get? So I've been like, considering doing like an interview situation of like, on like a resilience series. And um, I know two people right off the bat that I would be interviewing. And I want to like, what is it? How do you get through? Like, what is it for me? You know, it's like humor and my faith and, you know, just different things. And like, so what is it for other people? Like, and I think that might help other people too, you know, to be like, you know, I'm going through these things too. Like hearing other, I don't know, it's helpful sometimes to hear other people's what they do and how they get through it. You know, that sort of
1: thing. You are the voice of resilience is what I'm gathering. And that's incredible. This, this really is such an incredible story. How, what would be the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to work with you, collaborate with you, hire you?
0: So my website, if they want to see like my, just my voice work, it's just Michelle Falanga voice. Um, and that's F A L A N G A. And Michelle with two L's, michellefalangavoice.com. Or if you just go to Falanga.com, that has my acting, my writing, and my voice on it. And if you click on the voice page, it'll just bring you to Michelle So
1: Fantastic. All that information will be displayed in the show notes of this episode. And finally, Michelle, the question I ask everybody on this podcast. It's trivia. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not (laughs) another trivia. (laughs) What will you be famous for?
0: What will I be famous for? (laughs) I hope I'll be famous for, I think most people know me as somebody who just tries to bring relatability and humor and joy into like the mundane of life. Like I, I find the silliness in every opportunity I can. And I think that's given to me by God. I think that's like, he made he, he designed me to bring joy to people in some way through, through hard, you know, through hard times or through whatever, just like, what's that quote? It's like an Indigo Girls song. It's one of my favorite quotes. And it's, um, the best thing you ever did for me was to help me take my life less seriously. It's only life after all. I love that.
1: That's beautiful. Michelle Falenga, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> I have this really, i all I can think is like, I have this really loud laugh and I laugh all the time and it's a little... <laughs> It's a little much, and, I, and I'm like, oh, no, I've laughed the entire
1: time. <laughs> no, you were fantastic. Here, I'm going to go ahead and hit stop. You, That was a great interview.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast releases bi-weekly on Fridays. To attend one of our networking events, visit the registration link in the show notes or go to www.mrthrive.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Email chaz at mrthrive.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.